Hello and welcome to season four of the Wealthier Together podcast. Today I'm interviewing Iris Romero and she talks about the importance of also cultivating your mental, emotional, and spiritual health while you're re- trying to reach those physical health goals. She talks about the importance of really discovering your why, and she also talks about ways you can set up systems to help you reach your goals. So go ahead, check out this episode and let us know what you think. Iris is the owner and creator of the Iris Romero Lifestyle. She empowers others to regain control over their lives through health and wellness by helping them stop looking outside of themselves for success. All that women need to achieve their goals is found within. She genuinely believes that wellness is much more than fat loss and muscle gains, but in fact, it's a mental, emotional, and spiritual journey. A journey that unveils many mysteries that we have buried so far within us that we don't even realize that they impact the way we see food, create our daily habits, and condition our mindset. It's her mission to help others unlock these mysteries in order to utilize our findings to achieve all their dreams and live life to the fullest. So welcome, Iris. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. So can you tell us a little bit more about your story and how you how you got into health and wellness? Absolutely. And thank you uh, for allowing me to be on your podcast. I'm really excited about it. Um, so my story, I've always been an athlete since, since young. And so I don't want to say fitness was ingrained in me. It was more just being active. And as time went on, I started doing personal training uh, as a kind of a side hustle. And it just became my passion. So when I first started in the industry, I was considered, and I don't know if I'm dating myself or uh, any of you guys remember uh, Jillian Michaels, she's still doing her thing, but I used to be considered the Jillian Michaels of Santa Fe. And I'm not sure if you're aware of how she trained, but she was hardcore. And I don't know, have you seen, or did you see uh, the show, The Biggest Loser? Yes, I did. Yeah. And so you can relate to what I'm talking about, how she was just hardcore, in your face, no excuses, no BS. If I can do it, you can do it, and I don't want to hear anything about it. And that worked for a few, but it also limited my market because not only did I have this attitude, but I also had the physique um, kind of to back it up. And so I wasn't very relatable. But as my personal life went through its own journey, it, my business evolved along with it. So from being this hardcore trainer, I started to, um, I decided to compete in fitness competitions. And that was right up my alley. I mean, talk about discipline, talk about really digging deep and getting past those hard days. And I, I loved it absolutely loved it to the point where I became a a judge for a lot of these shows, as well as currently I'm a competition coach. So I have an entire team of competitors that I get ready for, help them get ready for their shows. But what that did for me was that created some really deep personal issues, such as 
relationships with food, such as um, the feeling of inadequacy, not feeling good enough, because you get to a point in your physique where you are in the best shape of your life and you've never ever seen your body transform the way it does when you get ready for a competition. So you're constantly chain, uh, chasing after that. And that really did some emotional and psychological um, damage for lack of a better way of saying it to me so that I needed to really step back and start with my own healing process as well as when I stopped competing and life uh, started changing. Again, my, my business progressed as my life did and I needed to um, take care of my family um, as well as work and do so many different things that I had to learn how to balance life. And I guess all of this to say, I can now relate to probably 98% of women today versus that hardcore, all, I'm, all I can see is competition and all I can see is fitness. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I definitely give kudos to anyone who competes, coaches people to compete. I mean, it's, it does take a lot of discipline. And like you were saying though, but a lot of people are not able to carve that out in their busy lives. Absolutely. And it also, when, when potential competitors come to me and ask me to train them, I have a long sit down conversation with not just them, but their immediate circle. And I give them the reality of what competition is because what they see is the lights and the glitter and the pretty bikinis and the, um, accessories and all the pretty stuff that you get to enjoy that all of two minutes for three to six months of hard work. And then they don't realize what the after effects could possibly be. So I kind of share the dark side of what competition can, um, what competition is and what it can be. Because I think it's very important that you not only have to be physically fit, because this is a next level fitness, but you have to be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually strong to realize that this is all temporary, that this is not a lifestyle. And once the lights dim and the crowds fade, the, the screams and, and shouts from the crowds fade, all that's left standing there is you and those people that supported you in your immediate circle to get you where you're at. And so once that's done, I find competitors start to seek validation outside of themselves, whether it's social media, whether it's um, wanting to do tons of photo shoots, you name it. So that is something that I talk to them about to let them know you need to be mentally, spiritually, and emotionally strong to, to handle competition. I think it's really good that you do that, especially talking to their circle, because that's, that's a big thing. People don't realize that that plays a really huge role in everything and recovery from illnesses, all sorts of things. Absolutely. And I think it's also important, like you're saying, everyone likes the glitter and it lasts for about two minutes, <laughs> not to place your identity there because it's too temporary 
And I think mm-hmm. that's basically what you're trying to get at. You can't put your identity in this because it's that, like you said, at the end of the day, you're still standing there. And regardless of whether you win or not, you still have worth regardless. And so I think basically what you're saying is you're telling them that, that they need to make sure that they're emotionally, mental, mentally, spiritually healthy and have a strong identity to know that this is not it. This does not define them. Absolutely. So why is it important to use a holistic approach towards health? Well, a holistic approach cares for the entire person. And like we were talking about the mind, the body, and the spirit. And if one area is not functioning properly, it affects your overall well-being. So you just, you can be the most fit person out there physically but if you are um, dealing with emotional trauma if you're dealing with stress that can affect other areas of your life whether it's your relationships whether it's your career whether it's with um, your your children and they all need to be kind of working together in harmony in order to achieve maximum well-being all areas need to be nurtured if that makes sense that makes perfect sense because I think that a lot of times people get caught up in the physical mm-hmm. and the things that I've met people that are, like you were saying, extremely fit, healthy, very health conscious. They watch the nutrition. They make sure they are getting enough sleep, but they have some real toxic relationships. Absolutely. So they're struggling with anxiety because you can't see it. No one knows, but they know. So I exactly. Or they're taking medications to mask things. And I'm just like, you know, it's cool that you're fit and you're health conscious, mm-hmm. but... Um, something's going to break. You can't mismanage your spiritual, emotional, and mental health for too long. Something mm-hmm. will break. Yes, yes. And Eventually. It, and it usually does. And I've seen it firsthand because for me, like I said, I was the fittest I had ever been, but I was not well. Um, not only did my body ache uh, from the extreme heavy lifting, but I, my relationship with food just took this turn of labeling food good or bad and feeling guilty when I would have a bite of a cookie. I mean, that's not mentally healthy. And then the emotional guilt is just as detrimental. And then on the spiritual side, because I wasn't feeling good in these other two areas, I didn't want to really engulf myself in my spirituality because again of that guilt so i would get further and further away from my higher power because of that guilt yeah and people don't realize that your emotions have physiological effects in the body so if you feel guilty every time you eat a cookie that's Mm -hmm. a problem your stress hormones are going up it's making it even worse and i always Mm -hmm. tell people and and this is in the context of wherever wherever they are in their journey. I tell them, like, if you're going to have a cupcake, just have the cupcake, enjoy the cupcake, and let it go. And, of course, it's difficult for people who have or have been on restrictive diets for a long period of time or maybe compete. But most of the people, they've just been on restrictive diets that cut out all food groups. And so it's really teaching them to change their mindset about it. If you're already stressed out before you eat it, it already has sugar, 
So you've already ramped your body up for inflammation and they eat that sugar. What is it going to do? You're going to get more inflammation. So it's, just, <laughs> exactly. it's but it, it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess it's difficult to grasp when you're used to restricting or feeling guilty for doing something. Exactly. And it's hard to grasp also because there is so much noise out there where you see there's keto diets, there's intermittent fasting, there's um, if it fits your macros, paleo, you name it. So people just get overwhelmed as to they, which is the best. Well, what I'd like to tell people is put all of these diets on the table and the one that is sustainable and you can create a lifestyle with, then choose that one. Because if you look at it, in fact, we had a conversation last night with a couple where a girl was drinking her beers and having a good time. And she says, oh, when I get back home, I'm going to get back on paleo. And my question was, well, why did you get off paleo? Why do you have to get back on? Oh, well, because I like whether it's having a beer or um, cookies. And that was when I was able to kind of give her my testimony about, of what I thought would help her, which is find something that could be a lifestyle. Because if you have to pop on and pop off, that's where the psychological effects start really getting more intense. Plus, your weight is up and down and all over the place. So it has to become a sustainable type of lifestyle. And you're right about cortisol and the stress hormone. Oh my goodness. That just causes not only weight gain, but as you know, disrupts sleep, um, high blood pressure, reduces your energy. So yeah, that, that's what I try and tell them. When you're stressing out about food, you're not doing yourself justice. We only have so many Fs to give for lack of a better way of putting this. Do you want to make food one of them? Or should we just focus on the things that matter? and just create these healthy lifestyles. And then on the other opposite end of the spectrum, the physical things that you do to your body and you put into your body can totally impact your mental state. I wanna give uh, the example of my boyfriend. He's a uh, defense trainer and the guy is fit, girl. I mean, he is just shredded, but he is addicted to sugar. And he can eat all the sugar, all the cookies, all the stuff. He loves jelly beans. And it not really phase him physically. But, oh, my goodness, does his energy levels tank. And once his energy levels tank, then he's not being able to get uh, enough rest. His moods shift. And he's a little more agitated. Uh, He's not able to think clearly. And so it totally affects all of the other areas, the mind, the spirit, the emotions, by what you're doing or not doing to your body. That's definitely true. People usually think, oh, if we can't see it, then it's not doing anything. And that's just definitely not true. There's a lot of people that struggle with um, low energy. And if you look at their other habits, so maybe they're really stressed, because when you're really stressed, your body craves sugar. It just Mm -hmm. causes imbalances in your sleep hormones, your appetite hormones. So that's a natural thing. The body's like, hey, I need energy quickly because you're not able to get that energy in the way that the body best needs it. So 
it's definitely important to talk about that. And I'm glad you mentioned that. The thing with diets, I have always, I mean, I don't like them. And it seems like keto is really popular. <laughs> I met a, a friend or associate and she was talking about, oh, keto this, keto that. And I think I tried like the, the MCT oil a while back and it it, it does not work. <laughs> my, my gut and the oil, just it just doesn't. It just... <laughs> leaves me miserable and so I was telling her and she's like oh no that's a normal side effect I was like sweetie that is not a side effect that I need <laughs> and that's not normal <laughs> it, it, it isn't and so I told her I'm like if I cannot tolerate it I don't need to continue doing it then I'm not going to do it but she was like no no that's normal I was like for you not for me <laughs> but the thing is I don't know where I mean I guess it's because it's hyped and social media and everything but we if you, if you look at all the cultures before, you know, we had industrialization, people ate all sorts of things, mm-hmm. but it was based on where they lived. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, someone can live in, you know, the Andes mountains. They're not going to be eating the same thing as people in Japan. Exactly. They don't have oceans, so they're not going to be eating fish. And so when I see or hear people giving other people advice about what to eat, or, you know, people saying, oh, you know, oh, no, I can't eat the bun. I'm just like, really? <laughs> and so I don't say anything because people get really defensive. They mm-hmm. they treat it like a belief system. But I'm right. like, you have to find what works for you. If my thing, so my uh, what I recommend is more flexible. It's the 80-20 rule. Look, because exactly. you need to be able to drink, let's say, you know, the holiday season is coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, if you're starving yourself and all your other family members are eating, that's weird. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I understand with people that have like celiac and things like that, that's completely different. That is not mm-hmm. what I'm talking about because right. that is a completely different situation. But if there's something that comes and there are endorphins that are released when you eat with family or eat with people mm-hmm. and you're basically nullifying those effects, I just... And then you're stressing yourself out. And then, like you said, you're creating patterns that are not good for your emotional, definitely not good for your mental health. And that's how people, I think how a lot of people that I've seen have started having eating disorders. It's not normal. And so anytime I hear someone's heard talking about, oh, keto or paleo this, I just kind of block it out. If it's a client, I'm like, okay, if this is something that you want to try, modify it. Right. So if you mm-hmm. want to have that soda, go ahead and have that soda mm-hmm. and then go back. Just modify it to what works for you. Exactly. You don't want to be pining away for the soda. That's stress. Right. And at the bottom line, at the end of the day, unless they do what you just suggested, it's not sustainable. They True. will eventually quit. And yeah. now not only do they gain the weight back, now they have... Uh, issues with their relationship with food, with guilt, with all the things that come along with failing at this diet. And to me, the word diet has the word die in it. It's not going to work. You can't look at at your nutrition with a beginning and end date. And that's what diet does. We need to look at it as fuel from, for our body not look at it on the totally other extreme of using it as entertainment or as comfort, True. but as fuel. We 
are, we're blessed to have these bodies that we've been given and we need to nurture them and love them, not hate on them by depriving ourselves of the things that we really enjoy. But it is good to educate ourselves as to what the certain thing that I like that I'm putting into my body, what does it do for me? And then just kind of learn about it. Is it so much sugar that I'm eating it every day? What are the side effects of sugar versus what are the side effects of keto? You know what I mean? Let's be real and let's look at the food that we have, learn about it and decide from there. And if you want to continue eating it based on what you know that it can or cannot do for you, then that's your choice. But yeah, at the end of the day, it has to be something that is sustainable and healthy mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That is true. Deprivation is, is never good. I had a friend who, I think it was, it was probably keto, and he got off of it because apparently he couldn't eat tortillas, and he missed <laughs> them. I was just like, I don't even know why you went on it, but the thing is that when you, because he's not a client, he's a friend, so I, I approached that differently. I was like, well, why did you go on it before? And he was like, well, I lost this weight, and I was like, well, so do you still, you know, have you still kept it off? And uh, again, modify, modify, mm-hmm. modify, modify. But then, and then people take it to the total extremes. I mean, keto, that's a lot of fat. Well, you see these people packing on the cheese, packing on the butters and the fattest, fattiest things that are out there saying that that's okay. When in reality, um, I don't want to get too much into keto. I mean, we're talking about maybe nice avocados, maybe some good coconut oils, versus all of these just horrific, and I don't want to say horrific foods, but massive amount of fatty foods that can do so much damage internally besides helping you lose weight. <laughs> That's you know true. I mean? And then you do, like you're saying, have to look at the healthy sources of fat because majority of the time, the people that I have been in contact with, because I don't know everyone, are not eating those. They're not eating the healthy sources of exactly. fat. And eating a diet too high in fat can also mess with the microbiome because you need fiber mm-hmm. and they like mm-hmm. cut it all out there so right. I, I mm-hmm. just we just have to do research and find balance absolutely so how does a healthy mind and spirit affect our physical health well we kind of went over that um as far as stress releasing cortisol into the body that really affects Um, weight gain, it affects um, your sleep, it affects your blood pressure. And then on the opposite end, the things that you do or don't do to your body physically really starts um, messing with your emotions and your mental clarity, um, your spirituality. So yeah, I think we, um, it's, has, it, it all is, combined and it's all entwined and needs to just be working together in harmony. I agree. I've noticed that people who have stronger spiritual lives, they tend to have a greater sense of purpose. And when you have a greater sense of purpose, there is a way that you take care of your body that people who may not know what it is or may feel that they don't have one, even though we all do have one. Mm -hmm. And they there, there, is, there are distinct, clear and distinct differences in how they take care of their bodies 
and Very true. make decisions about what they eat and sleep and things like that. And mm-hmm. so that's one thing that I've definitely noticed. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. How does figuring, how does helping women figure out their why help them reach their health goals? Well, life throws us curveballs, girl, constantly. We think we have figured out our routine and our schedule and the car breaks down or your honey can't go pick up your son from soccer practice and that is your time to work out or family decides to come and visit and that's your meal prep grocery shopping time and just life happens and motivation can only go so far. And so I think that in helping somebody really dig deep and drill down to that ultimate why is so important because when life does throw these curveballs and there's no more motivation, this is the place you need to turn to. But this why needs to be so compelling to get you up and get you excited to get out of bed, to get your workout done. Or let's say there's a snow day and now we all know that the kids are at home uh, doing online learning now, but now there's a snow day and it's so super cold outside. You don't want to get up. Um, The kids want to just stay be cozy and you want to just sit there with your coffee And at the end of the day, again, you're not motivated. What is your why? And a good example of of a why, maybe you have one, is I knew somebody who there's a a history of heart disease and they were losing loved ones. And these loved ones were so young, leaving children and grandchildren behind. And they're seeing uh, how these children and grandchildren are struggling by their loss. And so you yourself, this person has, has kids of their own. They don't want to leave their kids in the same situation, just struggling through life, trying to um, make it through life. And maybe that is a compelling why you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to really pay more attention to what you put into your body, or maybe that is uh, the reasons why you spend time in prayer and really try and get that spiritual guidance to help with your spirituality. So that why really is crucial in reaching not only your health goals, but maybe your business goals or your personal development goals. You name it. it uh, the why is where it's at. I definitely agree. And also having a compelling why and then also setting up systems. So what are some ways that you set up mm-hmm. systems for whether you know, you're going to work out or meal prep? What are some ways you do that? Because I know that some people think that, again, that motivation lasts forever and we know that it does not. It really doesn't. So what are, right. what are some systems you have in place that help you, for the most part, mm-hmm. stay on track? I c- create game plans for what ifs. So I'm an an early morning workout person. That is where I feel I have the most energy. So if something comes up and I'm not able to do that, I'm not just going to ax my workout for the day. So I like to go to the gym. So maybe throughout the day, there's just no way I'm going to make it. I make sure I have, whether it's small bands 
a pair of dumbbells here and there of different sizes in the house where I can get something in for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, there are also some amazing apps out there that you can just download and they have cardio routines, they have circuit training routines, strength training routines, and you can pick the time to where you need nothing but your body weight. So that's one system that I put into place on whether or not I'm not able to get that morning uh, routine going. So with a lot of the clients that work with me, that is part of our mentorship. First of all, what are the obstacles have they encountered in their wellness journey? Okay, these have been the obstacles. So now we're going to create game plans to, number one, find an alternative. Number two, let's say it's stress, find ways to uh, eliminate that stress. And we create game plans just surrounding those specific obstacles. So you're absolutely right. Your goals are only as good as your systems. And so creating game plans for those obstacles to be prepared is definitely vital. I definitely agree. I am a morning workout person too. When people are like, ooh, I'm gonna work out at night. Oh, I'm like, girl. No, I, I can't <laughs> sleep. I can't sleep if I work out at night. Not so. only, yeah, not only can't we sleep, but by the end of the day, girl, we're so tapped out that because of just not even physically, but emotionally, mentally from everything going on in the day. Plus, I'm, somebody said this. Who was it? Uh, Rachel Hollis. She says, don't give yourself the crumbs of the day. Now, granted, if these people like to work out in the evening and they feel that that's the best part of their day, kudos to them. But for me, I don't want to give everybody else, my boyfriend, my kids, my business partners, the best part of me and then give myself crumbs. And so I want to be able to give myself 110%. So then I can go out and be able to uh, help everybody else that I need to because I'm feeling good, if that makes sense. I think it's good that you actually mentioned that even though the, the person I'm talking about, they do better at night. You know, either the night owl thing, I'm just like, I don't need to be out. But, and I'm, I get tired like around three or four ish. I can, I work, but I keep all the intensive stuff for earlier because that's mm -hmm. when my brain is firing and awake. But I think that's really good that you were, what you were saying. And I think that's a form of self care, which has mm -hmm. become very cliche. Oh, my At goodness. At the end of the day, if you feel like crap, you're not giving your best to whoever you are helping. Mm -hmm. If you have children, oh goodness, they require a lot. So yes. it's best for you to make sure that you take care of yourself, that you're at your best. And the kids notice this, they notice it. They just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. If they see their mom or dad running around fatigued and just exhausted all the time, they will mirror these habits. So again, like exactly. you're saying, again, self-care has become really, really cliche. But the thing is, if you're not feeling well, especially if it's the mom, everyone mm -hmm. knows, like the, just everyone knows when you're run down and you, you're upset or you're just stressed, the kids, so notice, everyone notices that I have a friend that was mentioning that and she was like, well, everyone, they know when she's really stressed out and they start walking, you know, like walking on eggshells. That's not good. So mm -hmm. taking that time, whatever it is, some people, they don't run, they walk or sit in nature, 
whatever mm-hmm. it is for you, put it on the schedule. Because we have a tendency to put everyone and their business on the schedule and then wait till like the end of the day when you're fatigued, tired, and drama has happened exactly. to say it's not best. So whatever works for you, if, if, you know, if the early morning doesn't work for you, figure something out. It's your life. You get to make the decisions. You get to put it together. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love so what, it. Yeah. What are some core issues that keep women from reaching their goals? We as women struggle with stress management and we are so overly worked, overly stressed. And that to me is one big core issue that we have in reaching, reaching our goals. So I really believe in order to help with that is we need to become more aware of our bodies more aware of our thoughts, more aware of um, our emotions, and really um, practice that awareness to help us and mindfulness to kind of help us deal with stress in a different way. So when clients work with me, we have a whole uh, gamut of information on on how to actually do this. Because again, we talked about the stress and releasing cortisol and the effects of cortisol. Uh, as it pertains to our health goals. So definitely stress. Um, Another one that I struggled with was the sense of the lack of self-worth. Sometimes we just don't feel like we deserve to take care of ourselves or we don't deserve to be healthy. And we feel guilty because our priority should be everybody else. And so this little time that we carve into the day for ourselves, we just feel guilty. So this lack of self-worth has been a big one. A um, couple of others was struggles with time management because there are a lot of energy leaks in our day and we don't even realize it. I mean, how many minutes or hours do we spend on social media or do we say yes to absolutely everything when we shouldn't be so time management is a core issue as well as here's a a big one it's having a victim mindset that we don't own our own stuff that we're constantly blaming the diet blaming the trainer blaming the kids blaming the husband but not taking time to find the common denominator and which is usually is us and get out of the victim mindset and be solutions fixated that so that takes us back to the systems if things don't go our way i'm not not going to do it because the kids didn't let me sleep that night or my honey didn't do what he was supposed to do to help me with the kids and start blaming and not do. I'm going to create those systems and those uh, backup plans to make sure I get what I need done and stop blaming everybody and everything and own my own stuff. So those are some big issues that I've really seen with a lot of my clients. I'm glad you touched on that. Putting blame on others makes it someone else's responsibility. If someone mm-hmm. else is responsible, you cannot make you cannot make the changes that are necessary. Which is Absolutely. just one thing that I'm just like, 
I mean, because we've all suffered from it to different extents. Oh, Some yes. people stay there and live there and get comfortable. Some of us, life event, wake up call, what just happened? And then we, <laughs> we grow. So it's, it's not to really call anyone out, but I think that in general, this is, this is plaguing many in our society. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you touched on time management and energy leaks. And so I um, made some little points here as I was listening to you and I put stress management, because just what you mentioned, and then mm-hmm. guilt, boundaries. And I think that is definitely linked to self-worth. When you don't value yourself or don't feel that you bring anything to the table, you don't set the appropriate boundaries and you say yes to people who need to hear no. Mm-hmm. And when you say yes to things, you have to realize you're saying no to other things. A lot of times, I think women live in a state of fear and they feel that people won't like them, come in guilt, and they're not supposed to like you. Um, I was talking with one of the other guests I had on the podcast and she was talking about how being concerned about what other people think. So instead of paying attention to the, whatever the current season and whatever assignment you have in that season, so for example, if you have kids, that would be motherhood, paying attention to things that don't match up with your priorities. So most of the moms that I know, they want to raise children that are healthy, um, can make good decisions, are kind. And so there are seasons in their life where they have to block out anything that distracts from that. So for example, someone's like, hey, you know, come join this organization or whatever, but that's going to take you away from your kids and that's your priority. Mm-hmm. A lot of women will feel guilt. They'll feel yeah. an obligation to that person with whom is not, who is not a priority. Exactly. The children are the priority. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really sitting down and whether it's journaling, in some cases, sometimes you need to talk with a licensed uh, professional counselor, exactly. whatever you do, talk that out. And again, going back to energy leaks, people are energy leaks. You also need to identify that. I'm only speaking from experience, so you need to identify that. <laughs> Me too, girl. Yeah. What are your priorities in your current season? Because we all have right. different seasons. What are your priorities? Write them down. Mm-hmm. Anything that does not fit into those list of priorities needs to go. You need to say no, because you're either saying yes to the list of priorities that you have. And I would just say, just write a, a major list, like five, nothing crazy. And then you base your decisions in that season. Like some people will do it quarterly. Do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Go in there, update them. And if something is in line with it, then you can say yes. If it's not, no. Right. You can't feel guilt. You don't, you're not obligated to do anything for anyone. And again, that took me a long time to get that one out. Exactly. Plus, you might be missing out on your divine uh, assignment. Yes. We all have yes. we all have seasons, and sometimes we're not exactly happy in this current season. We are. I've had a couple of clients who are stay-at-home moms, and they're not exactly thrilled to be washing dishes and chasing kids all day. But I tell them, you need to be able to be the best dishwasher that you can be in this season, because from from my faith and my standpoint, the Lord is not going to put you into another season if you haven't nurtured and cultivated and been prepped during this season. Be the best you can be in every season because then, it, now if you're saying yes to everything, you might miss 
that change in season mm-hmm. and that divine assignment that uh, is just waiting for you. I agree. And that's, I mean, I don't have children, so I don't understand it, but I've interviewed women who've been stuck in that season. And the thing is, your children need you. They don't stay small forever. Mm-hmm. I have a friend, she has two daughters, and I can't believe that they're teenagers now, but they were, I saw them when the oldest one was like three or four. She's almost a teenager. Where did the time <laughs> go? She's not even my child. I'm like, oh my goodness, she's a what? It doesn't last long. There's a time when they're going to leave. And if you didn't instill in them the values and the work ethic and all of those things, you're going to have a disaster. You're going to be dealing with the, it, your se- that season will be prolonged because you're <laughs> taking care of them as children when they're supposed to be adults and out. Exactly. And so one of the women that was talking about this in between time, what she was talking about was making sure that you get around other accountable women who were in the same season so mm. you know you're not alone. So Exactly. I love it just wanted to touch on that but yeah you will miss things that are set up for you because you're saying yes to things that you have no reason getting entangled in Mm -hmm. what are some of the most common emotional barriers to spiritual and physical health what i've experienced as well as seen in in others is uh fear fear really gets put in the forefront of a lot of things that we want to accomplish Uh, We're afraid of being judged, uh, whether that's by parents, significant others, anybody outside ourselves. The fear of failure that, oh, I'm going to fail at this diet because I failed at everything else. So that's going to limit me from from doing it or um, not doing it at all. And simple things such as the feeling of being uncomfortable. We've all heard that catchy phrase, change happens outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. You have to get uncomfortable, not drastically, but you do need to get uncomfortable in order to change. And that's whether it's uh, in your wellness journey or whether you're trying to grow a business, uh, whether you're trying to learn as a parent, you need to be open for guidance because I'm one of those people that believe that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And so don't get so caught up in being stuck in your own parenting ways that you think work when you, there are people out there who, whether mainly the older generation who have been there, done that. And they may have some things that may work for you, but it's not very comfortable for you, but that's where we need to, where we need to be. Another one is, again, lack of self-worth. I'm not good enough or just that all that negative self-talk. And another emotional barrier is uh, there might just be some trauma that needs to be dealt with, whether that's abuse, neglect, abandonment. And I tell a lot of my clients that it's okay to seek help, professional help, in those areas because I kind of joke around and say, if you don't have a shrink and a plastic surgeon on speed dial, you're just not hip. So don't feel feel it so taboo to have a therapist because therapists are vital sometimes. And in order to progress in all areas of your life, then 
possible professional help is suggested. I agree. And sometimes you need accountability. You need someone else that sees what you are, you are not able to see in you and then also be able to hold you accountable or coach you over those things. Some of these things, you don't see them. Like you don't, Mm-mm. most of us don't realize that we have a, most people that have a, well, some of them do. But for, <laughs> in general, most people that have a victim mindset. And again, they're different grades. I'm talking about like, just like a, a mild grade. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not aware that they have it. Mm-hmm. Some people are fully aware. But, um, and so um, getting a coach or getting a personal trainer, whatever you need, whichever area it is, mm-hmm. or going and seeing a therapist to help you get over that bump, especially with trauma. I don't know why people think they can just, trauma just poof, no. <laughs> that stuff has to be dealt with and it has Absolutely. to be dealt with in a particular process. So it's not like jacking up your whole life because a lot of times when the people I know who have had some sort of trauma and gone to counseling, it didn't resolve over a day or even in some cases a year or two of uh, seeing that person. But I don't know why we feel that, oh, we can take on trauma on our own, especially if it happened in childhood, because no, no, get someone to help you exactly. and guide you. And just, yeah, I don't know why mm-hmm. we feel like, hey, we can do it. And, some, and sometimes we can only do it in bits and pieces. And with that guidance. And women need to realize therapy is a form of self-care. It is. And getting uncomfortable with different areas of our life because we know we need to and we know that the outcome will be beneficial, that is definitely self-care. And they need to understand that and treat it as such versus as a taboo or there's something just wrong with me and I can't tell people I'm going to shrink. It is just like your personal trainer. Don't because as a personal trainer, I've heard all the therapy stories. I've mm-hmm. heard all the <laughs> all, all the stuff that needs to be told to a therapist. And People will tell you. Mm-hmm. People will tell you. Absolutely. So it's a definite it's definitely a great form of self care. And anyway, like why would why would you be telling I mean, it's like again, it's not taboo, but why is it their business what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Again, looking for approval and validation outside. No, no. Mm-hmm. You're taking care of yourself. You're making sure that you are healthy emotionally and mentally, which affects everything else. It affects the decisions you make, everything. That that should be your priority. Who cares what other people think? Mm-hmm. Half the time, they're the ones sitting in toxicity, and they just want a friend to sit with them. Say no. Absolutely. Yes to mm-hmm. growth. It's difficult, but that's why there's why there's someone else who is not your friend or your family that is holding you accountable and walking you through that process. Exactly. I love it. So how can women cultivate a healthy mind, body, and spirit? What are a few things they can do today? I have four things for you. Um, The first one for sure is, and what's worked for me, is staying connected to my higher power. And I seek guidance in prayer and in God's word to help me as my roadmap through life. And keeping that connection really helps me cultivate that healthy mind, body, and spirit. Uh, Another way is to practice mindfulness and gratitude. We are so busy that we don't take time to not only be mindful, but appreciate what we have. We're always looking what we don't have. 
and that creates the mindset of lack. By practicing gratitude helps us create a mindset of abundance. And I really believe in the law of attraction. And when you have that mindset of abundance, more abundance will come your way in whatever that means, whether it's monetary, whether it's love, whether it's um, compassion, you name it. And so um, going back to mindfulness, being a mindful eater will help you find those foods that work for you. So just because the diet says you can't eat the bun, try eating the bun. How does your body feel? Now, if you start feeling bloated and kind of loaded down, um, then okay, you can kind of chalk that up saying, okay, maybe half the bun next time and try that. It's about mindful eating so that you're not just bored out of your mind. So you find yourself wandering to the pantry or the fridge out of boredom or out of stress, you really become more aware of, okay, I'm standing in front of this refrigerator. Am I hungry or am I stressed out or am I bored? That is what mindfulness is about. And what will also help in that is like you mentioned, journaling. And really, when you find yourself stressed out, journal. Find out, not only do we find an alternative to eating to, with stress, now we need to find out why we're stressed and find that ways where we can, again, eliminate it or limit it. So practicing mindfulness and gratitude is huge. Another way is uh, by creating small daily habits that take us closer to achieving our goals. Whether, like for me, it's that morning routine. I don't even use a alarm anymore. My body just automatically wakes up between 6 and 6.30. And I have my whole morning routine uh, where I uh, spend time in, in prayer. I read, whether it's my devotion or maybe I'm, uh, it's a professional development book or a personal development book. Um, sit with my cup of tea and just start my day present so that that carries forward to the rest of my day. Because if I start my day frazzled and stressed and running late and rushing here and rushing there, the rest of my day follows suit. So creating that morning routine, drinking more water, listening to empower, empowering um, podcasts, just like this one, <laughs> um, and getting and get moving. And finally, what has worked just wonderfully for me is seek out a mentor, whether it's seeking out a mentor, hiring a coach. I truly believe, again, I'm going to go back to that statement. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And when it comes to nutrition and workouts, there's so much noise out there that even to this day, as a coach, I still have another fitness coach for that accountability, for that support, and um, to learn new things. And even in my business, I invest my, in myself to help uh, build my business. And again, that's a form of self-care. Finding those mentors, hiring those coaches, 
to help you weed through the noise and get the best information for you in that area of your of life. I think those are really, really good tips and definitely seeking out a mentor accountability whether it's a community of people whatever do what you need to do to stay on track but definitely i like creating the morning routine Mm -hmm. or if you're a night person night routine but you can tailor it to your life you it is your decision you get to create what it looks like so i think those are all really good tips and those are things that people can just put into action today especially the one about gratitude it's Mm -hmm. very easy to be ungrateful and you, the thing is that when you're practicing gratitude and you're listing things that you're grateful for, or you're telling your family members or whoever that you're grateful for them, it's hard to be grateful and ungrateful at the same time. <laughs> exactly. It just really is. <laughs> so it's definitely, those are definitely all important. Yeah. So what are some ways that listeners can get in touch with you if they want to find out more about you? Well, they, I'm very present on uh, Facebook. So they can find me under Iris Romero or Iris Romero Fitness. I do have a website, but it is um, in the process of being revamped, but they can take a look at it and, and check it out. And it's irisromerolifestyle.com. But the best place to reach me would be to go to callwithiris.com and schedule a um, one-on-one breakthrough session to see uh, if there's any way we can um, chat about anything. I have a couple of programs that uh, I'm that I have access to. Um, one of them is an eight-week challenge that is getting ready to go underway. Another one is my great eight-week intensive, and we talk about everything that we talked about today on this podcast. And we have uh, different modalities where we dig deep into our inner self to tackle a lot of these issues and cultivate and nurture the systems and ways to feel good about ourselves so that at the end of the day, when we feel good about ourselves, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, then our physical body can follow suit. So they can go to callwithiris.com as well. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Wealthier Together podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend.